0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter. Here with you all, it's a double day here at Locked On Pelicans, the trade deadline day, and... We've got a game tonight. It's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about that game in the third segment, but we've got a lot more to talk about uh, in terms of the trade deadline. Late last night, after I had recorded Locked On NBA and then had to re-record the podcast, uh, a trade broke the four-team deal involving Houston, Atlanta, Denver, and Minnesota. There are some implications for the Pelicans in this deal, which we will discuss in the first segment. Then, is we'll just kind of catch up on what's also going on around the league and how it relates to New Orleans, because there's a couple other rumored things happening too. So, let's dive into it all in a trade deadline edition of Locked on Pelicans. So, yesterday, the big deal that went down at like midnight, right after John Corrales and I had finished recording Locked on NBA, was the 14 deal that had kind of been worked on over the past couple of days that involved the Minnesota Timberwolves, Houston Rockets, Denver Nuggets, and the Atlanta Hawks, and the more I kind of look at this, it's it's kind of a weird deal, but you can understand where all sides are coming from, and in particular, two of these teams kind of have some implications when it comes to the Pels with this sort of thing. The first being the Houston Rockets, so the crux of the deal, some of the base stuff here is Houston Rockets get Robert Covington from the Minnesota Timberwolves, The Atlanta Hawks get Clint Capella for basically nothing from the Houston Rockets. The Minnesota Timberwolves get two young guys in Malik Beasley and um, Jared Vanderbilt to see if they want to kick the tires on those guys as restricted free agents alongside a future first-round pick from the Brooklyn Nets this year. And then the Denver Nuggets get rid of two guys that they weren't going to re-sign anyway and at least get some assets back. And they also get a future first-round pick, this year's first-round pick, from the Houston Rockets. So that is a lot of moving parts. So there's more pieces to this, but those are like the important ones and the things that kind of matter to us for all of this. So the Houston Rockets get their wing defender and they clearly made this move in mind of just going small. They're going to start P.J. Tucker at center who does something's great and something's not great, but they are leaning into small ball and playing basically without a true center um, and doing just what they do. A lot of threes and a lot of James Harden and Westbrook kind of driving to the basket. Simple as that. They also get a wing defender in Robert Covington who maybe makes them match up better with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. So it makes kind of sense from them, even if you give up a pretty good player in Clint Capella. The Atlanta Hawks, so the implication is, well, you're going to need to try and figure out a way to really play that team tough. They go small, and it worked against New Orleans um, in the game on over the weekend At that New Orleans lost. So that can potentially be an issue that you need to know you're going to play this team four times a year. And if this is what they're doing, you've got to kind of be ready for that a little bit. And sometimes that kind of throws you off just enough because you're not you're building for 20, 28 other teams. And then you've got this one that's kind of an outlier in what they do. And you need to be ready for that because you don't want to just drop games. Now, the Atlanta Hawks don't really have any sort of direct implication on New Orleans, but they just do not see John Collins as a traditional center. He can shoot it from deep. He's shooting 36% from deep this season. They want to pair a lob man alongside Trey Young, which maybe cuts down on Trey's turnovers, Love this deal for them. I don't even hate it for the Rockets either. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves are starting to enter that kind of desperation phase that we lived through for a number of years here uh, around Carl Anthony Towns. He's on the first year of an extension, and it feels like they're trying so desperately hard not to lose him already. It's not great. Uh, Not a good situation to be in. That's kind of where they are. They get you know, just a future asset. They're going to really make a run at D'Angelo Russell of the Golden State Warriors. Both those teams have talked, and it doesn't seem like it's really gone anywhere. So overall, you don't need to worry much about them. The real intriguing team in this, and I've heard this go both ways, is the Denver Nuggets. So they add another first round pick. They give up to a guy, Malik Beasley, who's been key for them off of the bench. And on the surface, this move looks kind of questionable. But if you squint a little bit at this for them, it starts to make some more sense. They weren't going to re-sign Malik Beasley, who's a restricted free agent, or any of the other guys that they traded away in this deal. So why not move those guys out, get something in return, and kind of maintain some of the depth that you have while adding another first-round pick? Now, the question is, could they be trying to make a move for Drew Holiday? We talked about that deal Yesterday, I'm not, no one cares about Gary Harris. Like, he's not better than Josh Hart necessarily. Um, and if he is, it's in one area and not in other, So it's more or less going to be a wash. Their own first round pick isn't intriguing. And I don't think they're trading Michael Porter Jr., but now all of a sudden you can offer two first round picks. They're going to be mid 20s and later first round picks, but at least it's two versus one. So that's something there. So are they shaping up to make a run at? Drew Holiday because they think they could be in contention and maybe they see this league being kind of wide open. And I actually think they match up better with the Houston Rockets after the Rockets trade than they did before. So let's talk about that coming up here in the next segment. With it being deadline day, there's still time to get in on the Locked On Network uh, fun promotion. We're running the deadline promotion, the pre-bomb of the Woj Bomb, where you have a chance to win two tickets to see your favorite team in their home arena. I'm guessing Pelicans, but any team. Uh, and you do it by just guessing, you know, perfectly, no big deal. An NBA trade before it happens. Go to any of the Locked On NBA Net accounts on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at Locked on, NBA Net on Twitter, and post the trade you think is going to happen Then tag five people with your trade in the post. You can tag me at Nola Jake at Locked On Pels. Um, And if you're right, then you have the chance to win two tickets to see your favorite team, the Pelicans. In their home arena, the Smoothie King Center. Trades are evaluated based on the players and picks, not if there's cash included. And if multiple people win, the first person with the correct trade is the winner. We're going to choose one winner across all the accounts. And if no one guesses it correct, and no one got last night's correct, I can tell you that there's not enough um, characters on Twitter that it would even let you try and figure it out. Whoever gets the closest is going to win. So go ahead, pre-bomb the woge bomb with your trade deadline trade over at Lock on NBA net so the Denver Nuggets involved themselves in that trade last night and on the surface it seems like maybe they're making a run at Drew Holiday amassing another pick um, and maybe getting on the phone immediately after some of that got done to see if the Pelicans want to trade away their off guard combo guard whatever you want to call Drew Holiday point guard not point guard uh, and I don't think that's actually what they're trying to do. One, they have to realize that just adding a like middling first round pick probably isn't going to swing a trade in their favor in any capacity for Drew Holiday and it would still take more. And again, the, the sticking point for them is gonna be Michael Porter Jr. And I don't even know if the Pelicans are actually that interested in MPJ. So there just might not be anything kind of going on here. And it's been reported by a couple of people that they just wanted to kind of move on from these young guys that they don't think are a real good fit for them or they don't want to pay and at least just get some assets kind of explaining it like I did in the beginning part of the podcast here. So if you can just get a pick back, like why not? Uh, even if it isn't a very valuable pick. And again, two twenty-five 25 and later first rounders, like, Eh, I don't think that's what New Orleans is necessarily looking to do. I see people on Twitter going like, oh, they don't need more first-round picks because they're so young. You always move that stuff later. So absolutely, it's better to have more first-round picks than not have first-round picks. And it's not like they will just go to waste or evaporate or anything like that. You, you can flip them for other things and kind of kick that can, can down the road if you need to. So if they were intent on losing Drew Holiday, yeah, get as many first-round picks and who cares? cares about it and figure it out at the draft um, that you can. But here's the thing, and this is coming from Woj and everyone else. It doesn't seem like New Orleans wants to move Drew Holiday at all. He said he's happy here. He wants to stay. They want to kind of see what they have. As I've been saying, I said, they're not buyers nor sellers. They're just nothing in this. And as we get to today, could change. This is subject to change by like the minute, the second the phone call. But it seems like that's how it's going to be. So despite Denver adding a piece, I do not think that they are, you know, maybe they call a go, so this stuff now? And then they're like, okay, yeah, we figured it wasn't going to work, but we should have called anyway, and they did. And maybe that's kind of the extent of it, but I don't think they're gearing up to make a serious run at Drew Holiday. I think they were just trying to keep some depth and think a little bit down the line in the future when it comes to their roster. Now, another division uh, rival in the Memphis Grizzlies is looking to make a move. They have Andre Iguodala, who is a very intriguing piece to a lot of teams out there uh, that's been away from the team for a while. And we don't need to get into the young guys versus Iggy thing that has like fully broken out um, on Twitter, literally, like with the players taking shots at Iggy and taking shots at Steph Curry, too, in John Morant. But. They clearly seem to be moving on as I'm recording this. It seems like he could be on his way to the Miami Heat, which makes a lot of sense. And it looks like the Miami Heat are going after Danilo Gallinari too. They don't want to give up some of the guys that it would take to get Drew Holiday. I don't hate a potential deal built around some of that stuff. They're just not going to do that. And so I think we can rule them out and I think kind of making these moves and sending some other stuff out seem like maybe the door is closing on them trading for Drew Holiday. But this is intriguing and important for the Pelicans because Memphis might be trading away a player in Iguodala who's not playing and bringing someone back who does. Whether that guy is like Dion Waiters and not necessarily good Doesn't matter. They're adding depth to that team, basically, by trading away Iguodala and improving based on that alone. That means, in the playoff race here, it's probably going to hurt New Orleans and make it tougher for the Pels to get in. And, oh, here we go. They are tweeting it. This is coming from Shams. It says Memphis is finalizing sending Iguodala to Miami, league sources tell. Iguodala is believed to be prepared to play for the Heat. Okay, that's not helpful saying what they're getting in return. But it could be Justice Winslow who's been hurt. It could be guys, a guy like Dion Waiters. There's a couple of guys that it makes a lot of sense and that kind of fit the salary. They're improving basically solely based on this. That's not great for New Orleans in their run for the playoffs because a team that's ahead of them is now getting better. So I think this maybe signals, especially if New Orleans doesn't make a move, that likely they know they're not making the playoffs and they're just going to kind of ride this out. Certainly if it happens, and it's not like they're going to stop trying to win games and go full on youth movement with Nikhil and Jax just yet. But I think they're going to kind of realize this just isn't it for us this year. Let's not give up things. And instead, let's start to prep for next year instead of this year. So I think that's kind of what we're looking at here for New Orleans and how this trade deadline is shaping up to be. Though, to be fair, I'm going to bring my headset to work tomorrow just in case something gets done. If it's a small move, we are not going to do an emergency podcast on it. You guys can get it on Friday. Uh, but you never know when something may come up and who knows, maybe all of a sudden a team comes in and blows away new Orleans for drew holiday. Not likely. Um, and I don't see JJ Redick moving. I don't see Derek favors moving either. Um, but again, subject to change here. Oh, Memphis has agreed to deal. Send Iguodala to Miami, uh, agreed to a trade and he's got a two year $30 million extension. Whoa. Okay. Um, this is interesting. And so, okay, there you go. So Memphis is going to be improving somehow. We don't know what they are getting back yet. No one seems to be reporting that, but interesting enough. Um, so they're getting better. New Orleans probably not getting better unless you think just being healthy is getting better. But certainly Memphis seems to still be in the driver's seat for, uh, that eighth spot in the playoffs. And that's kind of what this, uh, trade deadline seems to be reiterating to me. So we've got a game tonight and we'll talk about that coming up. Before I do that, though, I want to say thank you to everyone who's left a recent review and five-star rating for the podcast wherever you guys get your podcast from. I know I ask basically every episode, but I appreciate when people do it. I see it. It actually helps. We don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of how podcasts and rankings and all of that stuff works and matters, but that stuff does. So by doing that, I really appreciate it. You help out the show. Thank you all. It takes like 30 seconds, so if you haven't, be great if you did. And hit that subscribe button too and tell a friend. All told, this all takes less than a minute. And it's a lot of fun right now because Zion is back and we've been really enjoying ourselves here. You can probably hear it in my voice that it's not miserable anymore doing this. So thank you all for being a part of it. Thank you all for helping, whether that's directly or indirectly. And don't forget, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So it's game day for New Orleans as they take on the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, not too great so far this year, 19-33. Yet despite that, are ninth in the Eastern Conference and are kind of right in there for playoff contention. They have lost three in a row though going into this game. Though they've had three days off, so they're going to be pretty fresh. However, they are injured and their injury list is kind of long. Wendell Carter Jr. out. Chris Dunn out. Uh, Chandler Hutchinson is probable, good for him. Larry Markkinen, out. Otto Porter Jr., out. Tomas Sadoransky is probable. And Denzel Valentine is doubtful for this one. For the Pelicans, it's the normal injury report. No Darius Miller, no um, Kenrich Williams. And then, late yesterday, we had Zion Williamson... Added to the injury report. He is questionable with a right toe sprain that must have happened in the game against the Milwaukee Bucks. No idea. This kind of came out of nowhere. They didn't have practice yesterday, so we don't really get to hear anything much on this. So I guess we'll kind of find out um, as the day goes on. There may be an update when you're listening to this too. So I'm not sure exactly what it's gonna, whether he's going to play or not. We certainly hope so. But even if he doesn't, New Orleans probably has enough talent to beat this really banged up Bulls team that is not particularly great in anything they do. They have one of the worst offenses in the league. They're middle of the road in defense. Uh, New Orleans has the firepower, certainly, to kind of get around it. Offensively, they are not a great shooting team. There should be a lot of misses. They're not a great offensive rebounding team, so New Orleans is going to have plenty of chances to grab those defensive boards. If they struggle on the offensive, on the defensive glass in this one, that is a huge concern and something this team really is going to need to start looking at going forward as we've seen that be an issue. It shouldn't be against this team shouldn't be doesn't mean that it won't be um, but shouldn't be they also turn the ball over a good bit too so New Orleans should be able to get out in the fast break and get some easy points that way defensively the one thing they do well and this is maybe where the equalizer is going to be in the game is they force a ton of turnovers uh, for the opponent that's not particularly great for New Orleans who really likes to do a lot of that themselves and shooting themselves in the foot so if you can avoid some of those unforced errors Um, Or just errors in general. You should be able to kind of cruise to a win in this one. Zach Levine should be playing 25 points per game for them. Four assists, five boards. He is shooting 38% from deep on almost eight attempts per game. It's pretty good. After that, they start to get a little thin. Kobe White, 11 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists. He's a rookie. He looks like a rookie at times out there. Um, And he hasn't been tremendous. He hasn't been horrible either. Thomas Satoransky, 10 points per game. He is a pretty good um, starter for them and has been in the starting lineup all year. Five assists uh, alongside four rebounds. Thad Young in this one, 10 points per game. Four, five boards per game. And Chandler Hutchinson, he ends up playing, he is listed as uh, probable eight points per game. You hear me mention those names. It's like if New Orleans loses this one, we're going to have not an angry cast tomorrow, but we're not going to be pleased about what happened. And it probably means that something went very, very wrong. So not at all kind of what we want to see. Um, So hopefully they can kind of just cruise to win. Hopefully Zion Williamson is going to be in the lineup for New Orleans. Also worth mentioning here, um, as we kind of hit the trade deadline and things are getting a little bit fluid and kind of things coming up constantly, it sounds like Kelly Oubre Jr. from the Phoenix Suns could be in play with Brandon Ingram and how he's (coughs) playing. I don't know if they necessarily need a tremendous wing like that. And maybe they can find a way because some more depth there wouldn't be bad. Name to keep an eye on, but I don't think that's really something we need to get into. I don't think there's much of anything we need to get into in terms of the trade deadline for New Orleans other than how the moves other teams are making impact the team. But I will have a headset ready to go if things um, do start to come up over the course of today. So that's going to do it here. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the, I don't know, rumors that are all going crazy over the next couple of hours. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.